0: repairs
2: to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. The following podcast is a Dear Media production. Hi, I'm Dr. Will Cole, leading functional medicine expert and best-selling author. This podcast is the manifesto for a new breed of health seekers. This is the art of being well. What's up, everybody? It's Dr. Will Cole, and welcome to The Art of Being Well. I am a leading functional medicine practitioner. If you didn't know, now you know. But my day job is I consult people around the world via webcam. We started one of the first functional medicine telehealth centers in the world over 12 years ago. So for the past decade plus, my day job has been consulting people around the world via webcam. We drop ship labs wherever they're at. And I just love getting to the root cause of why people are struggling with health problems. And it's truly a sacred responsibility for me. But I've also written books about this stuff too. So I've written Ketotarian, which is a mostly plant-based ketogenic book. My second book is The Inflammation Spectrum, which is really an exploration of the far-reaching implications of chronic inflammation and a functional medicine perspective on that. That's the inflammation spectrum. And my newest book is called Intuitive Fasting. It's really a flexible intermittent fasting plan to really learn about your intuition, to learn about your body and what your body loves and get to a place of intuitive eating and just intuition in general. Just be guided by a grace and a lightness when it comes to wellness so all of that stuff, all that information about my clinical practice as well as my books is at drwillcole.com, dot ecom But today's guest needs no introduction, but I will do one nonetheless. She is a dear friend of mine. Her name is Elle McPherson. You may have heard of her before, but she is brilliant and she's such an awesome bright light in my life and in so many other people's, but she is a renowned globally as one of the original and iconic supermodels, as well as arguably one of the most recognizable women entrepreneurs. Throughout her phenomenal 40-year career, beginning in 1982, and we talk about that, those early days as a supermodel in New York City in the 80s, Elle has endeavored not only to excel, but to connect with people and projects that resonate with her values, as well as help to make the world a better place one and for all. And I don't say that flippantly. This is somebody that truly walks the walk and she lives what she talks about. And she's somebody that I will be driving and I'll get a call from her and she'll just say, hey, I'm thinking about you. Like, this is some things that I've been thinking about what's going on in the world. This is how we can make the world a better place. She truly is the real deal. Um, But the actual extent of Elle's remarkable achievements influenced many as she forged a path of visibility, success, influence. We talk about those specific ingredients in her career, both professionally and also personally too, what has been the most influential for her to live a well life. Uh, But she has... I mean, she's known for this gutsy ingenuity and entrepreneurial spirit of the typical Australian give it a go attitude. That's my Aussie accent. How did I do? But anyways, we cover so much information in this conversation. We talk about her favorite supplements, what her wellness routine looks like. We talk about her health journey. We talk about her sobriety and what that was like. We talk about family. We talk about just so much stuff. She's an awesome friend of mine, but I wanted to share this conversation with you for The Art of Being Well. So let's get to the conversation with my friend, Al McPherson. My friend, I am so excited that we're talking here.
1: I, this is, listen, this is, it's another, it's another first for me because this is the first podcast I've ever done. And I did my first IG story with you. And I was so grateful that you asked me because it was in the middle of COVID. And I'd been seeing people doing these sort of IG stories and it was a new platform and a new way of communicating. And I wasn't brave enough to, I didn't really have the courage to give it a go. Well, I did have the courage to give it a go, but I was reluctant, put it that way. And then mm-hmm. you asked me to do an IG story and then I started doing them every week. And I'm just so grateful to you because it's been such a wonderful way to communicate with, um, with our community.
2: Yeah, I agree. It's an honor. It's really an honor to, to be, uh, we worked out the, I remember talking to you on the phone about like working and I was learning how to do these as well. Like I see patients for a living and I'm not so savvy with this stuff, but I'm glad that we got to do the Instagram and Instagram live. And now, now this. Perfect. I'm just cleaning up. I just spilled green juice, but there you go. It's cleaning up. <laughs> I'm doing the
1: housework at the same time, Will.
2: (laughs) (laughs) So you've had an illustrious career, and I think it would be kind of a good place to start is how you really started your career and Mm -hmm. how the industry, the modeling industry, the beauty industry, how is it different now than it was then?
1: Mm, Good question. I grew up in Sydney, Australia. My father was an engineer, a sound engineer and an entrepreneur. My mother was a nurse, but then she ended up working with my father. And then mm-hmm. my stepfather was a lawyer and I went to school. And in the beginning when I was in school, I wanted to be a school teacher. And uh, then I wanted to be a lawyer. So when it came to finishing high school, I reached for the stars, and I got into a great university with the ambition to study law. And yes. I thought that's what smart girls did or that's what academically comfortable people did, mm-hmm. you know? And so the only kitsch was I needed to finance my education. And so I started modeling. A friend of mine suggested I start modeling because I was tall And she said, you know, you can earn quite a lot of money modeling. And I was like, yeah, but I I don't, that's so not my thing. I'm not really into fashion and I don't really know how, I'm not not comfortable in front of the camera. And, you know, and I was quite proud of my sort of um, choice to go to law school because I thought it was the intelligent choice and the stable choice. And, you know, Stephen Hawking said, Intelligence is actually the ability to adapt to change. And that's what I did. I had this opportunity to start modeling. And as the jobs started coming in more strongly and I had an opportunity to go to America and work for six weeks, I took those opportunities. I adapted to the circumstances. And before I knew it, I was working pretty much Mm full-time as a model and doing really interesting things. I was traveling the world and I was meeting people and I was learning a lot about myself and I was independent and and I felt extremely blessed to be doing that. So I started, I moved to America in 1982 to New York City by myself. I had a 500 bucks in my pocket and a return ticket to Australia and a bed to sleep on, which was a lot already. And I worked. And so my job then became a Career, because I was consistently doing work that financed really the rest of my life, and then it became a business. I built a brand, and it became a business. And um, I don't think I ever had the dream that I was ever going to be, you know, a successful model or entrepreneur, even or a business founder or you know, TV star or an actress or a producer or any of the things that I've done over the time, I really just thought I was going to like earn some money and travel and get some experience of the world and then go Mm. back to Australia. And, you know, I had a boyfriend back in Australia who was a banker and I thought I'm going to get married and I'm going to have kids. So that was my, you know, the lead up to my business and uh, things have changed. I mean, in the 80s, largely because of social media, I think. In the 80s and 90s, when I was at the peak of my career, you sort of were put on a pedestal. And the more iconic you were, the more distanced you were from your public, the more inaccessible you were in some ways, the more successful you were. Whereas today, because of social media, the closer you are to your community, the more approachable you are, the more authentic you are, the more successful you are. So it's, things have really changed in the last 20 years. And as I said, you know, technology has really played a big role in that.
2: Mm-hmm. Do you feel like the industry, you know, obviously, like you said, the, the democratization or the, the closeness to your community has changed. Do you feel like the way that the industry sees beauty is different? Do you, do you think if you got into the industry now, it would be harder or easier yes. or about the same?
1: Well, it was difficult when I started because I didn't have the typical model's body. You know, I was six foot tall. I'm a, a competitive. Sw- I was a competitive swimmer, so I had broad shoulders, very narrow hips. I was an Australian sort of athlete, mm-hmm. Amazonian type girl, long hair. Like to surf. Never wore shoes even. And um, I came to New York City, and the girls were so glamorous, and they were tiny, like really thin and an androgynous half boy, half girl, or they were the all American dream girl, you know, blonde hair, blue eyes, the sort of Christie Brinkleys of the world. And I was at that time I was dark eyed, dark skinned, dark haired, you know, and um I say dark skin, just, you know, really bronze brown because I mm-hmm. came from the middle of summer to the middle of winter in America. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really fit in and I felt very awkward. I tried to be like the other girls, but of course I was never going to be able to change my body type. Mm -hmm. And my success really came from the day I started to embrace who I was and how I was, and then to make the point of that. In fact, I sort of, I played up my individuality. And that was really hard for me because, you know, when you're 17, 18 years old, you just want to be like everybody else. Yeah. I didn't want to be unique, but it was that uniqueness that actually I built my career on. And, uh, you know, any young person that's watching this, I encourage you to find your unique strengths and really embrace them because that is the secret to success.
2: Yeah. Isn't that powerful? I mean, you leaned into your individuality in a time when everyone else had a certain one look. and. I mean, how did the term "the body" come about? I mean, you are the body. That's how everybody knows you. I mean, how, how did that? I mean, that's Not nuts. <laughs> so nuts. Yeah. What was the origin of that? Well, every, first of all, everybody's a body, right? Everybody has a body at least. So it's body. nothing unusual. There's <laughs> a difference between body. a body and the body. <laughs> the body.
1: Okay, so the body was coined in 1986. Time Magazine put me on the cover, and the cover was the big L. And I had no idea they were doing that. It was a shot that they'd taken, probably from one of my Sports Illustrated images or something like that. And they called me L. The Body McPherson, and that stuck. And people would often, you know, and it's Time Magazine, and it's the cover of Time Magazine, so it wasn't just like a little fashion magazine. It was, Mm -hmm. you know, it was a profoundly influential Mm -hmm. magazine. So I, um, a lot of people. Uh, at that time thought maybe it was insulting for a woman to be called that. And I just, I, I thought, you know what, I'm going to trademark that. And so I immediately realized that that could be something that could be used in a business sense. Mm-hmm. And I built quite a lot of businesses on it. I had a, the body cosmetics for a long time for, you know, body you know, indulgent bathing, uh, shampoos and conditioners and, you know, uh, body products. And then I had the body lingerie. And so it was something that I, um, again, I leaned into it rather than seeing it as an insult. I, I leaned into it. But, you know, to be fair, in 1989, I was, I'm born in 64. So I, um, I was 20 something. I, I left my modeling agency and I incorporated myself and I set up my own business to manage the work that I had coming in or to produce work that I wanted to do because I felt like I couldn't really evolve in the confines of the modeling agency. And they were brilliant. I had brilliant people supporting me, but I wanted to do different stuff, you know, and mm-hmm. it just sort of wasn't in the realms of the agencies that I was working with. So mm-hmm. it was pretty scary. It was pioneering. I, um, I had to just sort of go into uncharted waters. I didn't know if it'd be successful or um, if I would ever get work again, but I, um, I started to be creative and start to create things that I really wanted to do. And, you know, it was things like produce my own swimwear calendar and then look at licensing deals and then, you know, do, branch out and do acting and producing and TV shows. And so it was an interesting time for me as far mm-hmm. as 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 an entrepreneur, I guess. I I was making entrepreneurial decisions quite young, but I didn't call that an entrepreneur then. I was just like trying to make a living.
2: (laughs) Yeah. I I mean, that is a big deal in in an industry. I mean, what was the impetus to do that? Was it just you felt the calling to do bigger things? or?
1: Yeah. I I see to young people that are starting out in any business, say, use your heart as a compass to help you decide what to do in your life and then, and only then use your head to figure out how mm-hmm. to do it. And I think in those times I was just doing what resonated, what I, I was listening to that inner voice. And when I say voice, it's not really a voice. It's sort of like an inner sense. It's an urge. It's a, mm-hmm. it's that feeling. And I connected to that feeling. I actually have a, a good relationship with that inner sense, inner in, intuition, perhaps mm-hmm. you'd call it. And I just was courageous because I was an Australian. I gave it a go and I tried lots of different things and some things worked and some things didn't work. And and, uh, I applied my learnings from each experience to the next experience. And then I built a solid uh, wisdom based on experience and um, something I could trust. And I say to people, trust yourself. You will always find your way. Trust your heart
2: hmm That's powerful. And, you know, I know you now and you're a deeply spiritual person and you're a person I can call up and talk about deep spiritual matters and matters of the soul and, and heart. And so it seems like you've always really had that. I mean, how, how is that spiritual side of you? Has that always been a part of your life? Has that, and how has that evolved since you were younger?
1: It has evolved over time. You're right. I, I, my grandmother was very religious. And I used to go on Wednesday nights, I'd go to the cathedral and I'd do service. And then on Thursday nights, I had choir practice. And Friday nights, I had fellowship. And on Saturday, I did community service. And on Sunday, I went to church. And every morning, I had morning prayers at 7 a.m. And that was sort of like the norm for me growing up for some of my childhood when I was with my grandmother, at least. And so when I was younger, that was spirituality, but it was religion. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually very grounding. And she was an extremely wise woman. I mean, she would say things to me like, You never say you're sick, you say you're healing. And, mm. and I still think that that is one of the most important things. I did a post on it the other day. You liked it. I know you did. Yeah. And uh, I mean, liked it as in you press the yep. like button. But <laughs> um, she was extremely influential to me when I was younger. And then I went through the 80s and 90s in New York City. And I was, you know, wild. So I, um, I lived a really fast life and I tried everything. And by the time it's 2003, uh, my second son is born. And I realized that my lifestyle isn't conducive to having two children. And if I want to be the present connected parent that I want to be, I need to make some changes. And so I I went to rehab, I got sober, and then that led me on a completely different spiritual path that was based on the foundation of the 12 steps of AA, but also recognizing that I had so much going on on the outside, but I felt really barren on the inside. And I needed to start to repopulate my my inner sense, my connection to nature my connection to a higher power my connection to myself connection to love Mm -hmm. and and then I and I've just grown from there you know my understanding of spirituality has it has evolved Mm -hmm. the same way my understanding of wellness has evolved over time and I meet people like you and I choose to have honest authentic heartfelt connection rather than, you know, small talk. We talk about big stuff in life. And that's why I I love chatting with you. And that's the kind of depth that I just find so invigorating in in my life to have those kind of connections with people. And I'm not talking about airy-fairy shit. I'm talking about just life stuff, you know, how how we want to be in life and, and what we want to create for ourselves, how we want to be of service to others, what's important to us, And it's a more conscious living.
2: Yeah, for sure.
1: Long answer. I'm so sorry.
2: (laughs) I wouldn't know about I wouldn't (laughs) know about this stuff. So you when you kind of had that awakening in 2003 around that time and you were a new mom, and was that transition of like leaving that old life that you saw wasn't conducive, wasn't where you wanted to be anymore? Was that a difficult to leave or was it just like, you know what, this is not serving me anymore? What, what did that process? Like?
1: Yeah. No judgment on it at all. I had the best time. And I honestly, I was, I was a lot of fun and I had a lot of fun and I had make no judgment to anybody who, you know, lives a different, has a different relationship perhaps uh, to partying than I did. I, I needed help and I asked for help. Let's put it that way. And that's why going to, rehab, you know, going to rehab really helped me. I don't actually talk a lot about it because I think there's always so much stigma attached to it. And it, for me, it was just um, like, dude, I need, I need, to, I need support. <laughs> and yeah. so that's what I did. And I think being courageous in life is about asking for help when you need help. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't mean that you're weak. It actually is the, the strong... action and so that's what I did and was it hard (sighs) Uh, you know some things just naturally fall away you know it's like your vibration changes you're not interested and they're not interested in you and it's okay Mm -hmm. and then you it's like one door closes another one opens Mm -hmm. and it's being courageous enough to know that it's all going to work out um, in the end. And if it's not the end, it hasn't, if it hasn't worked out, it's not the end. But also being courageous enough to make that leap, knowing that you're taking one step towards what you truly want for yourself in your life. And it doesn't have to be dull and boring. And mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be the end of your life. It's just um, a more a refined version of, of, of who you want to be and how you want to live.
2: Yeah. Wow. That's well said. So was it around that time that you found wellness in the way you know, that? that I know you and what you do professionally. When when did that seed of wellness in your life begin?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. I think you're right. I think it must have started then because it was when I realized that being well wasn't just physical. Like Mm -hmm. I was physically gorgeous and there was no, nobody ever looked at me and said, oh no, she's, she's, you know, staying up too late. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I was at the peak of my career. I was doing well. Um, and, but I realized that, you know, wellness wasn't just physical, it was a mental, emotional and spiritual. And as my understanding of wellness evolved and my capacity to lean into all different aspects of it, a mental, emotional and spiritual and, and physical, of course, is, you know, the more I, uh, the more the doors open, the more my eyes open the the greater my understanding was. And, um. You know, I think that you only, you're only given what you can handle by your God or your high power or life in general. You know, Mm -hmm. source whatever you want to call it. You're given what you can handle, and I think in the beginning, I was, you know, it's you get drip fed. I don't want to say awakenings, but you get drip fed um, understandings, Mm -hmm. and then as you become more sort of comfortable with growth. Then the growth speeds up and then it's a question of, you know, commitment, endurance, persistence, patience, trust, trust yourself, trust the universe, trust that you're always going to find what you need and trust yourself to be able to see when you're going to need to make changes in your life or seize opportunities. So it started then and then it evolved. Um, I mean, I probably had somewhat of an understanding when I I got pregnant with the boys because suddenly – you know, I was going through all sorts of physical changes in my body and I wanted to be a well parent for my children. I wanted to teach them about nutrition and about uh, being well. So, you know, pre-pregnancy, pregnancy, pregnancy, breastfeeding, post-pregnancy, new baby, second time breastfeeding, Mm -hmm. you know, getting through that. And by this time I'm 40, you know, Mm -hmm. so it's, then I'm going on to a whole new range of circumstances while I'm 50 and that's when we you know, that's when we founded Wellcall because it, it, it was at the end of um another sort of health crisis, I guess you'd call it.
2: Yeah. What was the initial concept of Wellcall? Like, what was the impetus to say, hey, I want to put some awesome things out into the world that I really feel could people could benefit from?
1: Well, it was as a result of my own wellness journey, to t- to tell you the truth. I turned 50 and I started to feel Like everything looked great Mm -hmm. and I was still doing the same things I'd always done, but they were not working because my, my skin had changed. My hair had changed. I felt like I'd put on weight. My sense of vitality had changed. I didn't really understand what was going on and how to address this new phase in my life. And, um, I just, sort of, you know, my logic said to me, well, wait a second, nothing's changed. You're eating the same thing. You're sleeping the same thing. You know, nothing has changed. So the, maybe it's just in your head. Maybe yeah. you're just a, more critical of yourself. But that voice, that inner sense, that inner knowing, it said to me, no, 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 you have to go on a journey. You have to, or not go on a journey, that sounds a bit, but you have to go figure out. You have to find out. Get, do, get, do some research. Find out what's going mm-hmm. on and find out what the solutions are to what you're feeling. So I did. I went, I read a lot. I, you know, I spoke to people, I listened, I learned. And that led me to Dr. Laupscher. I spoke to Dr. Laupcher. She said to me, you know, El, the most important thing that you have going on for you is that you're sleep deprived and you think it's cool. Uh, you're, you're addicted to coffee and sugar and your body's completely inflamed. And, you know, inflammation is the core of all disease. And if you keep going like this, you're going to find yourself with some more serious things than just, you know, dry skin. And I had like never even heard of like inflammation or how that could affect your body. And I certainly didn't know that what you think and what you feel could also cause inflammation
0: mm-hmm. or,
1: or lack of sleep. So I, uh, I followed a program of uh, ideas, of lifestyle change, which was more plant-based diets, more sleep, more water, and uh, introducing more greens into my diet because modern farming has depleted um, the soil of a lot of the nutrients that, from our food that I thought I was getting, I just wasn't getting anymore. And so mm-hmm. she put me on this program, and then the program started to work so well for me that we tweaked it. And then I said, You know, I realize this is about something greater than me, and it's about sharing these incredible ingredients and solutions to other people. And hmm. that's how, that was how Welco came about. It was really about the desire to help others and really looking at for something bigger than just my own healing.
2: Yeah. Was that then the birth of the super elixir as we know yes. today?
1: Yeah. That, well, the, she, she, she had a product that was similar to the super elixir, not quite the same. And then she, you know, then together, as a team, we um, revised it, and then now we have this incredible super elixir that you guys all know.
2: Yeah, it's, it's, it's a go-to pack. for so many things. For people that are, haven't heard of it before, they're like, what, what are we talking about here? Uh, can you explain what it is, what's in it, and what people can get out of it?
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a multivitamin and mineral probiotic, prebiotic, 50-ingredient supplement that you take once a day, and it is like you're one and done. And then at that time, I wanted something efficient, high quality, and simple. So two teaspoons in water, you shake and you go. Mm-hmm. And that's sort of like the foundation of your, you know, kind of program for anybody that's starting out. Or even, you know, if people already have a very robust nutrient program, this can only help. And it's more than, it's about somewhere between 45 and 50 ingredients, carefully curated and combined so that they amplify each other it's really a powder that will feed your mitochondria and your mitochondria is like those little batteries inside your cell that you know tell your body what to do really and tell your body how to function so when that your cells are fed on a you know on a profound level like that your body mm-hmm. starts to make changes very quickly and within 2 weeks i was seeing huge differences like i, I I was like God, like I am now. I was gobsmacked. I couldn't believe the changes in my body and my mind. And, you know, just sugar cravings abated. I was able to sleep better. I was making better choices for myself. I was more upbeat. I was more joyful. I was feeling like I lost weight. And I just was thinking, this is insane. This is so great. And then we built upon that. And I realized that I was looking for a clean, lean plant protein. I couldn't find one. So we created a, uh, a clean lean plant protein in chocolate and vanilla. And then the sleep tea came. And so we have like these three. So we have the greens, you have your protein, and then you have your sleep tea. And um, I t- this is the foundation of my wellness program. And then I add boosters. So we've got like this is an immune booster. It's just, just powders. You put them in water. You can put them together. You make a smoothie out of them or you can just have them with water. You can have them as a shot. It's super simple. Mm -hmm. super efficient and super high quality ingredients. And that's why it's expensive because the ingredients are so high quality.
2: Yeah. You get what you pay for, for sure. There's so much crap things on the market. and A lot of fillers. Yeah. A lot of fillers. And people aren't getting enough nutrient dense foods in their diet. And I think that, like you said, these things are just foundational things that are nutrient dense. And like what you would notice when you first doing this on the protocol is Less inflammation, and you're giving your body the raw materials it needs to actually operate the way it was designed to. Absolutely, this is the the day in the life of what a WellCo wellness protocol looks like. Yes, Can we talk about the boosters. I, I want to talk a little bit about yes. the specifics of them. So which? So one this is
1: this is um okay. Let's this one's open. So this one is a gut health with inulin and probiotic. So this is a special for your gut, okay. this, particularly for people that have uh, bloating. Or, you know, the gut brain, for depression, you know, we know that there's a relationship between what goes on the gut and what goes on the, with the brain. So this yeah. is particularly supportive of your gut. And see, you can open up this, each, each pack of the, each box of these has a little quote. I can't read what this one is. I forget what I wrote here. Anyway, you have a little quote here. It's a daily inspiration. I put these in my bathroom and the hair, skin and nails one also I put in the bathroom and I take it in water like I'm brushing my teeth. Yeah. It's just, a, it's a, it's a sachet like this filled with some really delicious, high potent powder,
0: mm-hmm.
1: or you can put them in with your shake. Yeah. You shake in the morning if you're that kind of person, but I like to, to mix mine up during the day. So I'll have some in the morning and I'll have some in the afternoon, uh, depending on what I'm addressing. But we have seven boosters. Uh, we have immune system, obviously extremely important at the moment that we look after our immune system. We have bone density, libido. Um, for me, it's you know it's a hormone balance. But I think sometimes you know we think about what is be- what women want to have, and and it's about yes, you want to be beautiful, and yes, but more than anything, you want to feel beautiful. You want to feel sexy. You want to feel like you have that get up and go spark. And yeah. I feel like that's, a, that's missing so much in our lives. We're so stressed right. and we're so hormone depleted, you know, from the cortisol levels are running high, you know, balancing all our hormones is, is a very delicate thing. And you do this so well. I mean, you talk about it a lot. And I love, that's what I love about you because we forget how, more, how important the endocrine system is.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And so we have hormone, libido, I mean, libido hormone, Bone, hair, skin, and nails, gut, immune, can't remember, there's one more, like, Yeah, uh, liver, I mean, liver detox it, for okay. people that drink a lot or find that they've been traveling a lot. And so what you do is you go for two weeks, decide you want to do hair, skin, and nails, for example. Maybe you'll do a two-week course of them, and you'll just take one every day for two weeks. Or if you realize it's before the holidays, you want to support your liver, you'll do the liver detox for two weeks or after the holidays, depending on what your holidays are like. Yeah.
2: I mean, they truly are boosters in the sense they work well with, like you can add them, like you said, to the protein base that you have, the plant-based protein. Yes. Super elixir to really exactly. tailor them to your needs. I think that's what like, the are brilliant.
1: Yeah. We have a base boost concept. So these are your bases. So the greens, the protein, and the sleep, and these are your boosts. And so you have a base and boost, and usually they work best together.
2: Yeah, I, mean, I love two, that.
1: Three plus these three. I do six. I do
2: six of our products every day. That's cool. So this is the foundation of your regimen. And I know beyond the base that we just talked about the regimen, uh, you have next level wellness practices <laughs> that I want to share with people. I know a little bit about it, but I mean take me through the day. I want to know about the sauna. I want to know about all the things that you do to, to optimize your wellness.
1: Okay. So, well, I want to hear about, cause I know you have your book out at the moment, which is on fasting. Mm-hmm. And so I've introduced fasting into my diet, um, into my diet or to, into my program because yeah. I see huge benefits from it. And it makes a lot of sense to me and there's all different ways of fasting. So, you know, there's intermittent fasting, there's one day we mm-hmm. fasting, there's, you know, water fast, there's juice fasting. I know that. And I, I'd love to hear more yeah. about your book. And if you want to talk about that now, or if you want me to talk about my health hacks.
2: Yeah, well, I'll talk. I mean, That is fasting or the two that we both done different fasting protocols together. You're a much deeper, faster than me in many ways. I think we could talk about that. But yeah, I think you mentioned the word intuition, like intuition has guided you Mm. throughout your life. I mean, that's why I called the book intuitive fasting is because Mm. I want people to get to that place that you have operated at from Mm. it's like this deep knowing that this is what my body needed. This is, this served me for a time, but now it's time to move on. And this sort of guiding force, but most people are so divorced from their intuition because Mm. there's so much imbalance and inflammation in their body that I want people to use flexible, intermittent fasting that is Mm. infused with grace and lightness that's not punitive or arduous or obsessive. It's just, hey, look, loving your body enough to calm the noise in your body so you can hear that still small voice of your intuition. So it's Mm. all these things that you were just talking about. And fasting is an amazing tool to get that clarity. How is fasting? Like, How do you use fasting in your life and what experiences have you found through doing it?
1: Well, first of all, I think it's really important that people know. For me, fasting is not about weight loss. Yeah. And uh, and it's not about deprivation. And it's not about like a quick fix. And I don't recommend for anybody to be looking at uh, food deprivation as a way of controlling their weight. Right. Um, especially young girls who think, well, I have to be thin like models that they see on Instagram. And let me tell you, you know, I've been there, so much Photoshopping goes on to make girls look like they have the perfect body when they really don't. I mean, they do have a perfect body, but they don't have the body that you see in pictures. And, you know, that whole concept of food deprivation is really dangerous and nothing that I recommend for young people yeah. um, or old people, for anybody. Right. Having said that, I've learned that going for some extended period of time throughout the day... Where I just have tea or juice instead of food, you know, like a salad or, you know, fruit or or anything like that, really does me well. So mine is very simple. I eat, you know, whatever in the evenings. Maybe Mm -hmm. I finish eating at six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, depends where it depends. And then in the mornings, I get up. And I drink a warm water and lemon or room temperature water and lemon. And I drink quite a lot and maybe a liter and a half. And then around about 10 o'clock, maybe I have a green matcha tea. And sometimes I'll put some coconut oil in with it. So because we know fats for fuel, you know, using uh, fats for fuel is very important. It's great for the brain. Or I'll put in some coconut butter, a little bit of coconut butter, but it tends to have more high calories. So I, I keep it kind of clean. Mm -hmm. And then I have a juice, a sprouts juice around 11. And in that, it's only greens, no fruits. So pea sprouts, sunflower sprouts, broccoli sprouts, cucumber, celery, some ginger or turmeric or garlic, not all together, I rotate them. Mm -hmm. And then so I do a big juice. I'm talking 32 ounces of juice. And then I have my lunch. My lunch could be at one o'clock and it can be, you know, whatever I feel like it could be a lentil salad. It could be lentil soup. It could be another big, robust, you know, salad of sprouts. And then in the afternoon, I have usually a protein shake around uh, two o'clock, three o'clock. And sometimes I put protein in greens. Oh, I put my green powder in with my green sprouts juice. Mm. But if I haven't had it in the morning, I'll have it at three o'clock in the afternoon with say vanilla protein, vanilla protein and an avocado. So that tides me over that sugar slump that we get at three o'clock in the afternoon. It's good, clean protein. I have it with water. I have it with a whole avocado and greens. So it's it's nutrient dense. Mm -hmm. And then I have my evening meal and throughout the day I drink tea and lots of water, about three liters of water a day. So you know I'm always I'm always feeding my body to some extent. It's just not dense food Mm -hmm. before about one o'clock. So I go from six at night or seven at night to one o'clock. (laughs) <laughs> really
2: on a tea and a juice. Love it. What's your, besides the, obviously the sleep tea that from WellCo at night, which I love, by the way, thanks for sending it to me. It has amazing valerian root and amazing compounds to help support the parasympathetic yeah. resting system. But what are the other teas that you drink during the day? What's your go-to teas?
1: Uh, my go-to tea, I still am on the matcha at the moment. I'm really loving it. I have this green matcha powder that I get from Japan. I'll do turmeric as well. So I can do turmeric two ways. Yogi have a great turmeric tea yeah. that sometimes I might put in. I make my own almond milk. Uh, you know, I have like an, a soya cow or almond cow. So I might make mm-hmm. my own almond milk or Brazil milk. Sometimes I'll put some of that in there. Or I'll make a tea where it is powder, powdered turmeric with hot water. And then I put, um, oh, what's the name of that? You know, like one of those, like some of my sprouts on the top. So it's almost like a soup. Mm. Um, so I'll do that, a turmeric tea, matcha tea. I know you love Earl Grey because yes, you I love do. the bergamot in it. Yeah. And I know I, for a while there I was drinking a lot of Chinese tea, um, like lapsang uh, oolong, like you know, in a tea ceremony.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I stopped drinking black tea a while ago, and now I'm just into matcha. But I changed them up.
0: I yeah.
2: changed them up. Have you heard of peak tea before?
1: No, brand, peak tea.
2: I'll, I'll have to introduce you to them. They are amazing simon chang is like a tea aficionado and he so these tea crystals that are like just powdered tea but you get the whole tea in the drink i'll send you some they're really good but they have a matcha one they have all that stuff but instead of you don't have to wait to it steeps or anything like that it's just
1: i love bioavailable nutrients that's mm -hmm. why we have um a lot of powdered products yeah i feel that we absorb them more easily into the body. So any kind of very bioavailable nutrients. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll do a Kion coffee, by the way. I'm a big Kion coffee fan. I think if you're going to do coffee, that's the brand to use for mm-hmm. me because they're pesticide-free, they're mold-free, they're very consciously curated, it's clean. Um, so I might do like a keto coffee Yeah, with, with, you know, with uh, ghee in it and empty um, sea oil or something like that.
2: Yeah. Kion, that's... Is that
1: Ben Greenfield's company, That's right? Ben Greenfield's product, yeah. yeah. And he's he has cool. some great things. He has a, a great Amigas. He has a great Aminos, Amigas, Aminos. He has a Cayon Lean, which is really great.
0: Yeah,
1: intake for blood sugar balancing after your main carb meal.
2: Mm-hmm. I
1: think his, the things he's doing is really, are really yeah.
2: interesting. He's a good guy. Super smart, too. Mm. Um, we talked about food. We talked about intermittent fasting. We've done... We, what, what have we done? Pro, we did colon, colon, and,
1: and, uh, and owl. Owl was great as owl well. Goodness. I yeah. highly recommend both of those fasts for people who are looking to have something more organized for you.
2: Right. Um, so it's basically broths and soups and these uh, herbal milkshakes that we yeah. did for a couple of days. It was just four days. Pro- and ProLon is good too. It's a yeah. Seven day.
1: You get you just you have to sort of just put aside the time for it. I get a bit grouchy around the fifth day. I don't know oh. if you're like that. I'm yeah. like you don't want to be near me. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, the way that we do intermittent fasting is a lot easier than those protocols. But yes, because you're, you're like what you're doing with what you said about the morning is it's time. Restricted feeding—you're still eating ample amounts of foods, but in specific windows—and that's the type yeah. of fasting that I talked about in intuitive fasting. It's not like real uh, deeper fasts, but yeah, mm. I, the deeper fast, I can get grumpy toward the end of it.
1: But yeah, except the water fast—I've done water fast five, seven-day water fast yes. only water—and I find that they're incredible for me. You know, I I'm so uplifted. I feel bright, light, clear. Buoyant, alive, and it's just a commitment. You know, it's a head commitment. Um, yeah,
2: you've inspired me to do some. I've done many ones, but you mentioned like if there's a, a a time period where you're kind of two days in, or when, when do you see that sort of shift? Well, really, when ketosis gets deeper is when you see starts. Well, in.
1: you see the shift very early on, but in five after five days, you start getting new stem cells. Mm -hmm. So anybody who's spending money on stem cells, I recommend like do just do water fasting and then on the end of day five, any chronic illnesses, then that your healing will take place on day Mm -hmm. five. So if you have, and just, uh, just the caveat here is Will's the doctor. I'm not a doctor. I am just a person who tries different things and I can tell you what works for me. So I'm not advocating that this is right for everybody. I'm just saying, okay, this is for me. Mm-hmm. But I found that uh, when I do water fasting, especially if I'm trying to heal something specific, it could be a bodily injury, it could be parasites, it could be a virus, I could be chasing something, some inflammation or chasing some sort of healing that I need to do.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, I find after five days when I get that boost of stem cells, that whatever I'm looking to heal, it is done and dusted by then.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Well, and it, like you said, that there's deeper ketosis. When you're fasting, you're going into ketosis. It's, your body is increasing those stem cells exponentially. It's like you can't tap into that any other way. Mm. Um, Safely. Yeah. It's powerful. And you mentioned mitochondria, like bi- mitochondrial biogenesis. Actually, your body's able to make new mitochondria with deeper fasts and increasing autophagy, which is like anti-aging, cellular recycling Mm. pathways. And you're doing that. I mean, that's really cool. And the way that I do that in a way is an OMAD approach where it's a one meal a day, 22 to two uh, fasting to eating window where I'm leaning into those pathways, but you're exponentially getting more of that whenever you're Mm. doing prolonged water fast like you do.
1: I find it easier because sometimes it's like when you get started, it's hard to stop because once you start, like, you know, your palate gets used to eating. And and for me, I think the most important thing in all this world is that my, and the mission of WellCo is to have people be empowered by their wellness journey, to be in the driver's seat of their Mm -hmm. wellness journey naturally so that they can thrive in their life instead of just surviving. Because I know from my personal experience you live a very different life when you're thriving. When you're well, you can do anything. You can. You can, mm-hmm. you can thrive and you can live your dreams. And we, are, we contribute more to society. We're a better partner. We're a better parent. We're a better friend. we have, have more respect for our environment because we are feeling more in tuned and balanced. Mm-hmm. And so that's why I think it's so important for us to, to focus on the importance of wellness. Um, because it's not just a personal thing; it, it is. It's like we heal others through healing ourselves, and um, that is really the vision of Wellco. Yeah, the brand is it's true
2: greater good. Yeah, I mean, when they say if you're an empty cup, if you have nothing to give, like how much you can't be a, the best partner or the best parent whenever you have you're depleted. And mm. I think that's absolutely true. You're filling people's cups up so they can pass it on to the ones they love.
1: And you be your best self. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really about how do I, how do I be my best self in my life? How do I live my life to my wildest dreams and mm-hmm. contribute to humanity, to my community, and to my, you know, to my family? Mm-hmm. How, how do I be my best self? And that's what I've been always interested in. Not from a physical point of view purely, but the beautiful byproduct is it has a physical. Mm-hmm.
2: um byproduct yeah, exactly <laughs> ripple effect ripple effect.
1: Yeah.
2: I could talk to you all all day so i I, I don't want to keep you too long much longer but I want to talk about the sauna though for people yeah the health hacks the yes what are the, health hacks? the health hacks
1: yeah. yeah so um I have a friend of mine by um Angie green so you can follow her on instagram I know, you and Will, uh, you guys have. I think you've even done an IGTV together, but um, or you should if you haven't.
2: Yeah, you we. I don't. I don't know if we have, but we need to. But she's yeah. amazing. Yeah,
1: she is amazing. So she's she's also wonderful. If you want to look at really great health hacks, and she explains, she's like a biohacker. She explains why they're important, why they're helpful. She suffered from depression, from uh, you know, she's a she's a postpartum. She is mother of two young kids. She's in her forties. Anyway, go check her out, Angie Green. Uh, or angiefletcher.com is her website. But I, uh, I, what I found is that it's interesting because when I was younger, my concept of wellness was fitness. And so I just sort of did like aerobics and ate right. And as I matured, I realized that actually there's a whole bunch of stuff that we can do to optimize our well-being. And it has nothing to do with the things that I thought. So I, my kind of stuff that I do in my gym, which is like a healing room, is I do a lot of energy work, a lot of energy medicine. I have a Rife machine. I have a biocharger, which is also a combination of a Tesla coil and Rife machines. And you can check that out. It's called Biocharger NG. I do uh, sauna. My friend uh, Robbie at Therisage makes this incredible... Portable sauna, so you sit in the sauna one hundred and seventy degrees with your head out, which is great you 're not frying your brain it 's EMF protected and it 's clean electricity and I sit in there for anywhere from thirty five to an hour a day, and I just sweat you know and it it boosts your immune system, it detoxes your body it 's relaxing obviously um, it 's pumping infrared light uh, into your cells, so it 's sort of regenerating and then I go for a cold shower or um a cold swim because I have a saltwater pool. I'm very blessed. And I do some body brushing or hot and cold shower as well. So just to keep my lymph system going, you know, I never knew how important the lymph system was, for example. So I, I, I look after my lymph system. I have a electronic rods that I use also for the lymph system to clear the lymph system. I work out with an oxygen sail. It's an O2 oxygen sail on an ecliptical. So I, 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 I put on my mask and I'm getting, you know, high quality oxygen. And then, I'm, and then there's a smaller part of the sail that is like you're training in Aspen, for example, you know, in the mountains. So um, altitude training. So I do that for 20 minutes a day. And that really totally oxygenates your cells. I have infrared mats that I use. I, use a, um, I do things like I have a castor oil pack that I will also do in the infrared sauna. I do ozone treatments. So they're more like energy work and kind of looking at healing the cell from a deeper cellular level than just sort of, you know, the outside. It's all about the inside. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I feel different. I'm nearly 60, I'm 56. And I have never felt this good in my life. You know, I don't, I don't feel like I'm in decline. I feel like I'm just blossoming Uh, from a wellness perspective, and I'm sure it's this combination of Mm -hmm. good nutrition, some fasting, a lot of love, great friends, and Mm -hmm. also some of these other more interesting ways of looking after your body.
2: Wow, that's so cool. And you are radiant. And uh, from the inside (laughs) out. (laughs) So before we go, the show is called The Art of Being Well, and you are the connoisseur of well in the form of well co. So I think it's a quite an appropriate question to ask you. But what is all, of all the things you've learned, all the research you've done, all the things you've tried, what is like one piece of wisdom that you've learned about the art of being well?
1: Hmm. Oh there's so there's so We've covered many. a
2: lot through this conversation. Yeah,
1: I think listen, I, you know for me, you know, wellness is the new is the new wealth. You know, it's like I would like to call wealth W E L L E T H wealth, mm-hmm. and I do think it's it's really the thing that I value the most. Um, and in fact, unless you have been not well, it's it's hard for somebody to really value wellness, unless you've been, if you've ever been not well, you truly understand how important mm-hmm. it is. So, I believe that true beauty is soul deep. It's not skin deep. It's 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 the way you are in this world. It's it's the kind of energy that you you exude it's the way you touch other people with your uniqueness and um, move them that's what true beauty is it has nothing to do with the facial planes and the color of your hair and your eyes it's something so much more profound and it just radiates from within you and that comes from being well as well you know that mm-hmm. wellness factor creates a sort of beauty that just cuts through all the bullshit in life mm-hmm. and um, what else? If there's one thing that the sauna has really changed my life. If you're talking about a practical thing, the sauna has really changed my life. And of course, what you put inside your body, your nutrients, the quality of your nutrients, how you feed your body, how you feed your soul. Yeah. And, uh, and as I said, the simple things, love, laughter, water, sunshine, movement, fresh air, good sleep, Love lots that. of love. Making love. <laughs>
2: <laughs> these are powerful tools. And like you said, these foundational things that you, that you put out into the world that people can you make accessible and make doable. And we can, people, people could be busy and think they don't have time for this stuff, but it's really not. The, the, the foundational things are not super complicated.
1: They're not complicated. And what I tell people that are just starting out, just try one thing. Just like make that first step. You will never know how incredible your life can be when you just make that first step.
2: That's a great point because you don't have to do all things overnight. Just lean on one thing. Bring in some alive foods into your body. Start with that. That's it. Like you said, you started seeing decreased inflammation pretty quickly just from doing that.
1: I got, you know, and I was, as I said, I was 50. Within three weeks, three weeks, I was a new person. And I think it's because it's, it's three weeks is about the time for average cellular renewal is 21 mm-hmm. days. And I started very simply with me, two teaspoons of water of the greens every day without fail.
2: That's and awesome. it's
1: got to the point now, so it's been seven years, I don't miss a day. You know, if I'm out and I forget to take my greens, I will come home because my body's craving it. I
0: love it. So it's,
1: it's as simple as that. But I, I think you're right, though, about introducing live food. That's why I eat a lot of... I'm raw vegan because I, I, and sprout sprouted food is live Mm -hmm. food Um, and wheatgrass. I do, you know, four ounces of wheatgrass a day, which is the same as five pounds of vegetables.
0: Yeah.
1: So live sprouted food, clean nutrients. And, um, and you're the master of that. I mean, I just love following you because I learn something new from you every day, you know, you, because you mix science and, uh, a combination of everything. It's you know, it's mental, emotional, physical mm-hmm. and medical, obviously. So yeah. I, I love what you do and I'm thank you. So happy to oh my goodness. Yes to be on your program. <laughs>
2: oh my goodness. My friend, I could talk to you all night long. And um thank you so much. I love you, respect you. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your busy schedule to, to talk with and us. And you today. too.
1: And thank you so much. And thanks everybody for tuning in. I hope you heard something that uh, inspired
2: you tonight. All right, everybody. What an awesome human being, right? She is so amazing. And I'm so honored to, to know her. And she's a wealth of information when it comes to, to wellness, for sure. But if you want to learn more about Wellco, they have so much going on. When you guys are hearing this, they're releasing new flavors of their powders. They are releasing a kid's super elixir as well with different flavors for kids. So please check that out. All of that is at wellco.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-C-O.com. Some of my favorite wellness products right there at Wellco. At the end of every episode, I'll be answering a question from one of you guys. Nothing is off limits, ask me anything. And you can send your questions over to me on Instagram or Facebook. As a functional medicine practitioner, it's been fun seeing the questions that have already come in on different food philosophies, wellness trends, and ways to approach overall mental, emotional, and physical health and well-being. Thanks for those. And I'm looking forward to seeing what else is on your mind. All right, my friends. This question is from Samantha. Samantha asks, what are the best thyroid labs to have ran? Well, This is my day job and my heart and my passion is getting to the root cause of why people are struggling with health problems. And one of the top patient bases that I see are people with different hormonal problems. A lot of them specifically autoimmune hormonal problems, things like endometriosis, adenomyosis, and the most common are autoimmune thyroid issues uh, or Hashimoto's disease and Graves' disease. So thyroid issues are something that I see all the time, and I take very seriously. And a lot of thyroid problems go missing on conventional labs because only looking at TSH, or thyroid stimulating hormone, and maybe a T4, the the main thyroid hormone, which is largely inactive in the body. That's a very incomplete perspective of the complexities of the thyroid hormone physiology in the body, and how the thyroid works that makes you feel good. And for people that are maybe new to this stuff, uh, every cell of our body has a thyroid receptor site, if our thyroid's not working well, nothing's working well in our health. It can cause fatigue and low libido and hair loss and brittle nails and weight gain and digestive problems and the list goes on and on. Thyroid is very, very imperative for to feel great. Anyways, so... Just hanging your hat on a TSH, which is a pituitary hormone, actually, it's not a thyroid hormone, it's a brain hormone, but as its name implies, it's a thyroid-stimulating hormone or TSH. It's telling the brain, telling the thyroid, hey, work, thyroid. So if you see TSH high, that would be indicative of a low thyroid because the brain is telling the thyroid to work more, and if it's not working more, the brain has to secrete more thyroid-stimulating hormone. So it's inversely proportional. High TSH typically means low thyroid function. But there's a lot of thyroid problems that won't show up on conventional labs. And will you can have a quote-unquote normal TSH despite having thyroid problems. So you have to look at the complexities here. So you have to look at total T4, total T3, free T3, and free T4. The body produces T4 and then it has to convert T4 to T3. of that conversion happens in the liver. 20% of that conversion of T4 to T3 happens in the gut. So we have to look at liver and gut function too, but we have to look at the total amounts of the hormones and then the free forms. That's what's actually the most active. So free T3 is the most active uh, because it's converted from T4 into T3. Basically those thyroid hormones get their name because they're a tyrosine protein and there's either four or three iodine molecules on these hormones that you actually need your body to turn T4 into T3 to activate it, get, to get into the cell and for the hormone to do what it needs to do, which is all this really important things that I just mentioned. So we have to look at all the thyroid hormones in all their different forms. And then we have to look at thyroid antibodies because the majority of low thyroid function is autoimmune in nature. Hashimoto's being the most common, but Graves' disease as well. So we have to look at thyroid antibodies, which are the autoimmune thyroid markers. That's things like thyroid peroxidase antibody, thyroid binding globulin antibodies, and thyroid stimulating immunoglobulins. So looking at those, looking at something called reverse T3, which is sort of our thyroid breaks when the body's converting T4 to T3 in the liver and in the gut. There's a certain percentage that's produced as reverse t three, which slows down sort of the regulatory system, the brakes that's that slows down unfettered thyroid function. So too high reverse t three will put too much brakes on. It can bind to the thyroid receptor sites and cause things like both thyroid symptoms, like fatigue and weight gain and and all the things that I mentioned earlier. So high reverse t three can definitely be a problem. And then we have to look, at thyroid-binding globulins, which can bind to free thyroid hormones. You can have low free forms of the thyroid hormones. So I just threw out a ton of different labs, but all of this can be found at drwillcole.com. Just type in thyroid in the search engine on drwillcole.com, and you can get the full printout there. And we run these labs for people around the world. So there is the answer to that that question. Sorry, it was such a long-winded answer, Samantha, but you asked for it. That's it for today. Thanks again for hanging out with me. I would love to know what you think about the art of being well. If you have a chance, please rate and review the podcast here. And if you like what you're hearing, hit subscribe and pass it along to a friend. To see more, head to drwillcole.com podcast. I'll be back again next Thursday and I hope you will too. Talk soon.